Hey everyone, it's JP. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing Canada Dry Ginger Ale, Ruffles All Dressed Chips, and Nestle Coffee Crisp. So, let's get at it. Hi, and welcome to Junk Foodies, the podcast where we talk about the foods your parents said would spoil your appetite. Today, my guest is Keith. How are you doing, Keith? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, and I uh, appreciate all the work you did in getting the products you might not normally find uh, readily available on your store shelves. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So today, we're doing uh, all Canadian products. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a, a primer, uh, Keith, uh, we rate them on one to three stars. One being, probably wouldn't pick this up again. Two, I'd seek this out again. And three stars, oh my God, this is amazing. I want more now. So it's pretty straightforward. Now, before we do get started on the actual reviews of the products, I do have some questions I wanted to go through with you. Uh, what would you say, Beautiful. Keith, is your drink of choice? Oh, are we talking junk food here or, or just overall? <laughs> yeah, like if you're giving yourself a treat, what's the drink you're turning to? Oh, outside of bourbon, I would say, uh, you know, usually uh, I do drink a lot of espresso. Okay. Uh, and uh, Coca-Cola. If I'm having like a burger or pizza, it, it's Coca-Cola down the line all day. If I'm <laughs> just going completely off the rails and blowing out any uh, any similar thing to a you know, blind my diet out. I would go Mountain Dew all day. You know, I'm a, I'm a Southern boy, so uh, we kind of live and die by Mountain Dew. <laughs> right, right. They put it in the fountains down there, right? Oh, man, it's delicious. <laughs> I have to agree with you on, on Coke and pizza, man. There is not a better combination that I think humanity has come up with than the flavor of an ice-cold Coca-Cola and a fresh slice of pizza. That's just amazing. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, that's like the ultimate combination. You get all of the fat and grease and <laughs> and all that goody, and then you get the good citric acid burn to wash it all down. There's there's that's a uh, uh, a partnership made in heaven. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it's funny you mentioned bourbon. Uh, last night there was this big uh, whiskey festival uh, here in town that uh, I went to and boy, we tried a whole bunch of different bourbons and ryes and, and scotches and Irish whiskeys. I actually recorded while there and put up an episode of it. So I had a really good time. That sounds like my kind of party there. <laughs> What's your bourbon of choice? <laughs> oh, bourbon of choice. I would say everyday drinker. I would probably have to go with like four roses, single barrel or EH Taylor small batch. Probably. So it's funny because uh, I actually tell a story. If you listen to the, the the episode that just went up, I tell a story about uh, Four Roses and my experience with that and trying it for the first time in Cairo, Egypt, of all places. And, oh, wow. Um, last night, I tasted D.H. Taylor for the first time. So there's a, there's a connection oh, there as well. well. Uh, both very, so very did, good. So how did you like it? Loved it. Yeah, it was. Uh, didn't really have anything I, I didn't like last night. Uh, I'm kind of an equal opportunity drinker, so it was all good to me. Some stuff I like better than others, but the the H Taylor yeah, was was yeah. quite nice. I'll be definitely those picking are probably that a couple then. of my favorites. You know, yeah. those are those are right at the top of my list. Old Ezra Seven Year yeah. is is one that I really like and try to search out. It's it's hard to find. It's super allocated, so it's hard to find sometimes. But mm. man, it's great as well. Cool. Well, I'll try that one as well. Now, uh, shifting gears a little bit, do you have, you know, going back to your childhood, do you have any memory that sticks out revolving around junk food or, or you know, these treats that we're talking about? Oh, man. You know, I'm I'm kind of a guy that's big on nostalgia. And, you know, mm. we own uh, some, some food trucks here in, uh, in Alabama who's – and basically what we do is all we focus on bacon – everything so it's a lot of southern things and and we like to do specials mm. that have a lot of nostalgia in them um so i'm i'm big on nostalgia as far as my childhood goes i would think the first thing that pops out like a classic deep south u.s thing is uh like rc cola and mm. a moon pie i don't know if you guys have uh, rc cola in canada if that's a thing it's uh or uh i remember a big thing being uh when i was a kid was like 
dry roasted peanuts in a soda. Like you pour them <laughs> into the, you know, Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew. And then as you're drinking your soda, you get like salty bites of, of peanuts. So that's, that's two of my big, you know, nostalgia things that we, we actually kind of formulate a lot of dishes or plays on those dishes. Uh, whenever we do some of our ticketed events to where we do four or five or six course meals, we, we do some cool things like that that kind of throw back to those Southern cultural, you know, dishes or, or treats like that. Very cool. Very cool. That sounds great. I, uh, you know, similar to the Coke and pizza, Coke and uh, dry roasted peanuts sounds like a heck of a combo. So that's, that's a pairing oh, I yeah. think also made in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Very delicious, salty and sweet. Like that's my, that's my favorite thing. You right. Know? That's your jam. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Now, what would you say is your go-to snack in between meals, just on a typical day-to-day kind of thing? Uh, typical day to day. Uh, I know we're on the, on the junk foodies podcast. So this is, I'm going to be a little embarrassed to say this, but probably (laughs) like my favorite snack in between meals right now when they're in season is uh, moondrop grapes. I don't know if you've had those before. No, I haven't. Are are they red or green? Uh, they're, they're purple. They're a dark purple, uh, and they're elongated. So they're, you know, they look like take a grape and stretch it from top to bottom. Okay. And, uh, they're just like these super. It's the same. Uh, it's the same uh, place called the Grapery that grows them. They do cotton candy grapes and all those as well. Oh. But these moon drops, they're like the sweetest, deepest grape flavor. Man, they're they're amazing. That sounds pretty good. Well, yeah, na- nature yeah, comes yeah. up with junk food too, so that that counts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that that's kind of my go-to of you know not trying to just like blow it out and go into carb heaven i just pop grapes you know whenever i get a little hungry and but they're super sweet and they're they're amazing nice have you ever uh i know every once in a while popping grapes in the freezer you know when i was trying to get something sweet and cold after a meal you know instead of ice cream like a frozen grape have you ever tried them frozen that might be something to try I'll tell you a little uh, a little life hack here for uh, if you like grapes and you're an alcoholic <laughs> like <laughs> I am. Um, I like to, to freeze grapes and throw them into a glass of champagne. Oh, that sounds really nice. It's, it's good. You get those little pops. You know, it keeps your champagne cold, and yeah. then you get a couple grapes at the bottom. It's uh, it's it's very nice. You give me some good ideas here. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, and finally, what's one item that you find inexplicably popular that you can't really stand or you just don't have a taste for? Oh, inexplicably popular that I... Twizzlers. Twizzlers. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand Twizzlers or licorice. Uh, you know, I know some people say, I guess there's like a strawberry Twizzler or something that's, that's delicious, but I just, I don't get it. You don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not my thing at all. So, you know, that's not groundbreaking, I guess, but when I see people eating them, no right or wrong answer. I, and particularly, I mean, uh, I wouldn't uh, turn away licorice, I guess, but it wouldn't be the first thing I'd reach for. If I'm going to have something sweet, I'm, you know, I'd rather have something with chocolate or peanut butter or, or caramel or something like that in it. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I just don't understand uh, licorice at all, especially black licorice. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you on black licorice. That I, I definitely, uh, <laughs> that I don't get the appeal of, and but some people seem to be crazy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, terrible. I don't know why it was ever invented. <laughs> all right so that brings us to the drink now uh, some fun facts uh, as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we're going to be reviewing canada dry ginger ale um in eight- 1890 chemist john mclaughlin of toronto started to manufacture soda water which he sold to drugstores as a mixer for fruit juices and flavored extracts 14 years and hundreds of experiments later, McLaughlin finally perfected the formula for Canada Dry Pale Ginger Ale. He also developed mass bottling techniques and served Canada Dry wherever people gathered. In 1923, P.D. Sailor and Associates purchased the entire company from McLaughlin and formed the public corporation Canada Dry Ginger Ale Incorporated. The perfect mixer to mask the taste of homebrew during Prohibition, ginger ale became a roaring success during the 20s and saw the high price of 35 cents for a 355 ml bottle. During the 30s, Canada Dry introduced both club soda and tonic water. In the 50s and 60s, it was the first of major soft drink companies to introduce sugar-free drinks and put soft drink beverages in cans. 
In the 80s, Canada Dry saw several ownership changes, including being acquired by Cadbury Schweppes of London. Today, the Canada Dry brand is part of Plano, Texas-based Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. And it says Canada in the title. It's technically a Texas product, I guess, if we're going to be honest about it. But I think that still fits in the theme of, of all things Canadian. Um, now, while I was reading that, uh, you had a, a chance to taste ginger ale. I, you've, I'm guessing you've had Canada Dry ginger ale before, Keith. Yeah, of course. It's you know, it's it's something that's kind of been around my whole life, and right. you, you never think about it being called Canada Dry and being a Canadian product. I guess I don't know if you guys have anything in Canada that's like American this. Uh, you know, it's 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 just kind of something that becomes uh, noise in your brain, and you don't really right. realize that it's. Can, you know, truly Canadian. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something I've had my, you know, had around my entire life. So now, in when it comes to ginger ale, I mean, here we have Canada Dry. Sometimes you'll find um, Schweppes, and then you have kind of more like boutique brands. It, would you say it's basically Canada Dry down there, or do you have other brands that are popular ginger ales as well? You know, for us, it's mainly. Uh, you know, I, I went out. You know, I've, I've spoken and I've gone out and I've tried to find all the different uh, flavored ginger ales and things, you know, so we could try something new or I could try something new. Yeah. Uh, and for me, you know, it was just Canada Dry or Schweppes. Mm. Now, most of the bars, you know, they use Schweppes, the little small bottles, glass bottles. Um, so that's really our only uh, store brand that you can just walk into anywhere and buy. Of course, there are, uh, you have the city I live in, we have, it seems like brewery a brewery on every corner so you have you know those guys brewing doing ginger ales and ginger beers and root beers and things of that nature um but as far as ginger ale goes it's it's store-bought wise it's canada dryer sweats okay okay so not, not too different than than what we have up here and we have some of those microbreweries as well that are they're also branching out into doing uh soda pop and and uh, ginger ale and and cream sickle and you know root beer and, and that kind of stuff so so uh, although you've tasted it before i'm guessing you never thought about what you were drinking uh as much as you did today uh what did you think of canada dry what do you have to say about it well and here's the thing is before i before i say this sure i want to know if if You've noticed that the recipe is different when you come across the border. American uh, industry has a, a great history of taking something great with a great name and bringing it into America and absolutely destroying it. So is there any difference? You know, I can't remember the last time I was in Canada if I had ginger ale or not. Right. Well, and it's funny. I seem to remember Canada Dry being a little better than it is now. Okay, interesting. I haven't, uh, same as you, I can't remember the last time I was in the States and, and had a Canada Dry. Um, I know that I like ginger ale. I think I like, I, I, I lean more towards the ginger beer, like something a little spicier, a little more ginger Correct. than this. Yeah. This is a little, um, uh, you know, not, not to slag it, but a little run of the mill. It's, it's nothing too, too exotic. Um, so... It would be interesting, and, and maybe next time I'm down there, I'll have to uh, bring a can of the Canadian one and, uh, you know, buy a, go to the 7-Eleven and buy an American one and see if they do taste different side by side. Because I'm looking at the can in front of me right now, and this one is canned in, in Canada. So, And I think you are right. There is, uh, you know, for example, uh, with chocolate, um, a Hershey's bar in Canada apparently tastes slightly different than a Hershey's bar in the U.S. So, uh, you know, different formulas, cheaper ingredients, maybe they use more corn syrup, et cetera, et cetera. So it yeah, would be an interesting task. You know, there's always that those little uh, deviations. Sure. Uh, you know, America tends to throw a lot of corn syrup and everything rather than sugar. Or, right. Uh, you know, things of that nature. With me, I'm kind of like you. I like a nice spicy ginger ale or ginger beer. Um, there's a place that I go to in Chicago a lot that does, uh, you know, bow and steam buns, and they make ginger ale in-house. And it's oh, that one sounds of my awesome. favorite things of, of anywhere in the country, you know. So I, I like something with a little flavor. You know, my yeah. Canada Dry today, uh, this is the way I kind of like to look at things. The smell, you know, I'll smell it first. Yeah. Uh, the smell was clean. Uh, a bit like seltzer or Alka-Seltzer even, maybe. Okay. Uh, also a little sweet. Yeah. Uh, the taste was almost like sweet carbonated water. Not mm. a ton of ginger flavor. You know, and even the can says made with real ginger, but I couldn't find ginger anywhere in the ingredients list. Right. Um, it's It doesn't have a lot of personality. 
Right. You know, it's it's it was very reminiscent of sweet soda water. Um, so I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the Canadian version is a little better, or maybe over the years, it seems like I remember Canada Dry being a lot better product than it is at this point. So hmm. maybe Texas has uh, has ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to in a future episode when I'm down there, we'll have to revisit this conversation. But I got to tell you, I think we're on the same page. Um, you know, I, I I checked the aroma out, and not a lot there. Maybe a slight slight spiciness, but not uh, you know not like a, something you get from a, a ginger beer. Um, taste was kind of like Seven Up is is the the impression I got from it with maybe again just the the faintest whisper of ginger but not anything like if you gave me it in a blind taste test I'd probably think it was Seven Up and and maybe something had been added to it but I you know I don't know if I'd pick out ginger um, and right. I wrote down you know as I was tasting it this is begging for like some whiskey like it, it I feel like it would make a good highball drink um, not for the gingeriness but just because it is so kind of unoffensive it would just mix well with anything so rum or exactly. rye or, or bourbon uh, not not good bourbon mind you but you know maybe like a, a cheap of bourbon course. to make a cocktail uh you know it wasn't yeah. terrible but uh not not super exciting either i, I think the best part about ginger ale is the actual texture and mouthfeel it's mm. extra bubbly extra carbonated um it was refreshing yeah. you know it, it wasn't uh it doesn't doesn't seem to sit heavy uh Overall, I think I'm kind of indifferent. I think if if somebody told me I could never drink Canada Dry ginger ale from Texas anyway, I don't think I would be that upset. I don't think I would miss it that much, you know? Right. Now, we're not talking – we're talking all Canadian, but I have to ask since uh, you're in the U.S. I once tried – and I, I think it might be from the South, but you'll have to correct me on this if I'm wrong uh, – a ginger ale brand. I think it was called Vernon's or Verner's. Does that ring a bell at all? Uh I believe it's Verner's. I'm okay. not super familiar, but you know, when you said that, it does ring a bell. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure. You know, in the South, we have a lot of good uh, root beers, mm-hmm. a lot of you know, s- you know, small craft root beers and things like that. That's a that's a thing in the South. Right. Uh, but ginger ale, not so much. So it's just not something I see a lot of every day. Okay, I, I could be wrong about it being from the South. I mean, it might have been from you know from the East Coast for all I know, but I do remember it had it packed a nice uh, a nice spicy punch. So if you uh, ever see that one in terms of a grocery store brand or you know a canned brand, not not like a micro uh, micro brewed type product, uh, I think well worth checking out. At least from what I remember of it, although it has been years. Let's see. I'm actually kind of a little. Yeah, Verner's. That looks, uh, I actually just Googled it. It looks very familiar. Okay. All right. Well, keep an eye I out for that. I can't say that I've ever had it. So. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I hate to say it because it's, you know, we're reviewing Canada stuff here, but I think Verner's probably has Canada dry beat anyway. All right. Well, moving on to the, the next set of questions here, Keith, uh, would you describe yourself as a sweet or a savory person? Oh, um, I believe that is the best of both worlds there. I think that's like the perfect purgatory. Um, I'm equally guilty on both. Gotcha. Uh, if you can combine those, that's like right down my alley. You know, uh, one of my big things around Halloween is, is buying candy corn, which everyone seems to hate on social media these days. But take candy corn, mix it all in a bowl with dry roasted peanuts and just eat it by the handful. And that's like one of my favorite things about fall. Interesting. Candy corn and peanuts. Okay. You're giving me all kinds of good salty ideas Salty and here. sweet. Yeah, man. Salty and sweet. It's, it's perfect. I can't stay out of it. <laughs> well, you're not the first person to answer that question that way, to say, you know, like guilty on both charges. And uh, I myself, I think I lean more sweet, but I do like a, a good sweet and salty combination, like a, a good trail mix or, um, you know, that, uh, I don't know if you've had that Chicago mix uh, with the caramel corn, with the, with the cheddar corn, like, you know, those types of combinations I'm a fan of. Yeah, exactly. My, my wife makes fun of me because I eat trail mix, and she's uh, she's always like, "Oh, you got your I see you got your old man snacks." <laughs> but that's like I'm like that's a nice light, you know, salty, a little bit of sweet, not too crazy sweet, but it's like the perfect snack. Right, right. Let the kids keep the, the all sweet. I'll take the sweet and the savory. If that makes me an old man, then so be it. exactly exactly. it's not the gray hairs or my memory going out the window um 
so we talked a little bit about nostalgia and, and you growing up before and and you mentioned things like moon pies which is another you know quintessential kind of southern uh, southern treat i believe from tennessee um when you were growing up what was your most common after school snack you, you get home from school what do you have to eat Oh, after school snack, man, I would say probably 90% of the days was walk in the door, drop my book bag and make a grilled cheese, uh, grilled cheese sandwich with, uh, here in Alabama, we have a, band, a brand called golden flake chips. Okay. And I would say probably sour cream and onion, golden flake chips and a grilled cheese. That sounds was pretty like good. my go-to after, after school snack every day. You had uh, you had some good snack game. I think you know when I was a kid, it was mostly just PBs, PB and Js, and like a chocolate milk. That was what that what I was doing. You uh, you were up in your game there. You obviously were meant to be involved with food from a young age. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thing, uh, <laughs> and I've got the extra pounds to show for it as well. <laughs> I'm there with you. Now, what would you say is your your favorite treat? I know it's hard to choose. You like sweet, you like savory, but if you're really going to treat yourself, what's the thing that you always go back to again and again? Ah, man, I'll see my favorite treat, and this is completely if I'm if I'm taking out of account that uh, my doctor says I need to eat a little better. <laughs> I would say Reese's cups okay. and a Mountain Dew. All right, like Reese's cup and a Mountain Dew together is. Uh, yeah, that's, I can't think of anything much better than that, you know, on my end. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Reese's. That's uh, that's kind of one of those candies that, you know, if if I could only, like, have one or two or three different candies for the rest of my life, I think it would definitely be a contender. Oh, hands down, like, if they were, like, every other candy bar is, is going out of business, you can save one. It would be Reese's. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right, well, that brings us into our uh, savory snack that we're going to be discussing today, which I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one, because I'm, I'm guessing this was brand new for you, the Ruffles All Dressed. Um, but first, some fun facts about All Dressed Chips. So Paul Jobert and Louise Gonzague, brothers and co-owners of Yum Yum Chips in Laurierville, Quebec, Canada, invented the flavor All Dressed in 1978. That's actually the year I was born. The original recipe combined... Me as well. <laughs> well, there you go. Small world. There you go. It was a good year, I guess, for, for <laughs> new creations. Um, Very much so. The original recipe combined the flavors of salt and vinegar, sour cream and onion, barbecue, and ketchup. Ketchup chips being a, a big thing in Canada as well. In 2015, Ruffles, one of the many Frito-Lay brands in North America, the $14 billion convenient foods business unit of PepsiCo, brought all-dressed chips to snack fans in the U.S. for a limited time. The flavor was so overwhelmingly popular, they decided to make it a permanent part of their flavor lineup. Ruffles all-dressed flavor is the most popular Ruffles chip flavor in Canada, beating out such standards as cheddar and sour cream, sour cream and onion, and barbecue. So that brings us to the Ruffles all-dressed chip. Now, have you ever had an all-dressed chip before? In, in full disclosure, uh, anytime I'm in Canada, uh, you know, I do I do concert tours kind of as a summer job. So oh, okay. I'm in Canada a lot. And anytime in, I'm in Canada, the first thing I do when we get there the first day is I have a runner go out and stock all the cabinets on the tour bus with all dressed all dressed ruffles. Oh, <laughs> so, how funny! <laughs> yeah, whenever you know you told me we were going to be doing that, I was like, all right, this is this is perfect. I, I don't want to act like I've never had them before because they are one of my favorite snacks. So awesome. Um, and you reading the description and the history of kind of all dressed was amazing because I was, I was trying to, you know, smell, you know, smell the bag, see what they smelled like. Mm. And my first thought was they probably smell a little bit like barbecue chips. Yep. Um, you know, just sticking your nose in the bag, uh, here in the States, I don't know if they exist in Canada, but here in the States we have uh, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Yeah, we've those. got those. Yep. Okay. So what I always thought they tasted like was take the cheddar and sour cream seasoning and barbecue seasoning and salt and vinegar and mix it all together and that's what all dress tastes like so it's it's interesting that you know you read that description and yeah it's very dead on you know what 
just what I kind of tasted on my own. Yeah, well, you've got a you've got a hell of a palate and a hell of a nose because you you basically bang on got it. So, uh, well done there. Beautiful. So uh, revisiting, um, uh, uh, I was going to say salt and vinegar, but revisiting all dressed chips. Uh, what were your impressions of it this time around, Keith? It's as good as I remember. Um, <laughs> I had to I had to put them down. You know, I ate a few. I was sitting here in my studio at my desk doing some work and. So I ate a few earlier today and then I made some notes and I wrapped them up and then I kept eating a few at a time. And finally <laughs> I had to go take them upstairs and, and put them in the cupboard, uh, just because I couldn't stay out of them. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're probably at the top of my list of like top three potato chip flavors. Okay, nice. So, uh, you mentioned, you know, kind of getting the, the salt and vinegar, um, aroma and taste, the barbecue. Was there anything else that stuck out to you this time? Um, I think just the, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very sensitive to this because I believe it's the perfect chemical or flavoring or whatever. Uh, you know, a lot of MSG flavor, that kind of salt and sweet umami mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's basically all of those flavors combined and then some MSG thrown in for good measure and, you know, just to make the perfect chip. But I, I never really realized how much uh, that MSG flavor comes through and it's definitely there. So yeah, a lot of people want to say it's a bad thing. I believe it's one of the tastiest things ever invented. So I'm, I'm going to go with it. And <laughs> I put it on everything, you know, in, yeah. in all seasoning recipes. So well, I, uh, you know, it's funny, in, in another episode, we were doing Cool Ranch Doritos, and the conversation about MSG came up, and, you know, how there's this kind of bias against it, but it actually is naturally occurring in a lot of really delicious foods that we eat all the time, and don't don't bother us, like tomatoes, and Parmesan cheese, and, and, and things like exactly. that. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of, if, if you do some Googling, there's a lot of interesting information about kind of the myths about MSG and, and how that came about, this, this idea that it was this you know, terrible thing and that people were super allergic to it and that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's for it, another discussion. It was basically discussion. in the States. Yeah, I think basically in the States, it was like a propaganda campaign against Chinese restaurants, I believe. Yeah, there was that, uh, there was probably a bit of, uh, you know, cultural intolerance there and yeah, um, yeah. people you know, collected a bunch of anecdotes and they made it sound like, uh, you know, scientific study proved that this stuff was bad and that actually has never happened. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, that just goes to show you how far propaganda can go in industry. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Particularly when there's money behind it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I like you, uh, you know, opening the bag today and, and salt and vinegar or gosh, I keep saying salt and vinegar because I just, that's the first thing I noticed when I smelled it was that, that vinegar bite. And I, I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way. It's really kind of like it made my mouth salivate a little bit that, that kind of acidic vinegar bite, um, that's the aroma I got right away. I also got some paprika, maybe a, a little bit of smoke. And these are the types of things that, you know, you associate with barbecue flavor. So not, not so far off from what you were saying. Um, the taste, I got a little bit of sweetness, which you were talking about getting that kind of sweet and savory combo. Um, you know, it, exactly. it's interesting in terms of, I don't know any other chip that really kind of hits all of the, you know, five tastes on your taste buds. You know, you're getting the, the sweet, the savory, the tart, umami you know it's, it's got a little bit of everything um so i got a little bit of that of that ketchup kind of sweetness garlic paprika kind of spice notes um the, the tart bite from the vinegar uh, a bit of a cheesiness i agree with you that kind of cheddar and sour cream that however you would describe exactly. that cheese not cheese like you know you think from your grilled cheese sandwich but it's that very particular kind of cheese dust that uh, is you know used in products yeah, like this. cheese dust <laughs> is a very good uh, descriptor of that which is you know cheese dust is delicious of course oh for sure it is <laughs> and a very nice crunch which uh, you know with ruffles chips that's that wasn't a huge surprise uh, this is a really solid chip and um like you it would be easy to, to finish a whole bag and not really think about it um, I like them by themselves, although uh, if you've not tried it, uh, they're pretty good with French onion dip as well. Just a word to the wise. If you ever try if oh. you like a chip and dip, it's a pretty good combo. Yeah, I, I like chips and dip, and I'm a big fan of just, like, obliterating my taste buds. You know, just going <laughs> in and just, like, as much seasoning and good stuff you can put all on there at the same time is is crucial. Perfect. Well, that brings us to the sweet portion of our show. Um, if you're watching a movie, whether you're at home or the theater, what's a snack you like uh, during the movies or at the movies? 
Oh, at the movies, I think my go-to snack would be, uh, I'll always get a bag of popcorn, of course. Mm -hmm. And then what I like to do is either get a um, chocolate-covered uh, peanuts mm -hmm. or Reese's Pieces and dump over into the bag of popcorn. <laughs> and so as you're eating the movie, you know, as you're watching the movie, you just grab a handful and you never know what you're going to get. Right. And then you get that salty and sweet uh, kind of combo. I'm I'm uh, getting a While bit of a theme the here, Keith. Like I, I keep hearing the same thing over and over. You're you're really consistent in terms of what your tastes are. I'm a I'm a very uh, a very professional fat kid. <laughs> 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 well, it's uh, funny you say that again, and I keep saying this because I I keep little light bulbs keep going off as you're answering these questions because uh, my high school girlfriend Megan. Uh, I won't say her last name because I don't think she wants to be talking about her, but uh, she <laughs> introduced me. We would go to the drive-in movies, and you know when we were actually watching the movie, uh, she introduced me to popcorn with peanut M&Ms, and then she would sprinkle uh, Parmesan cheese on top of it. So you were getting the butteriness and, and kind of the, the, the corn flavor of popcorn. You got the sweet and the nuttiness from the peanut M&Ms, and then again, that umami punch. Oh man, that's uh, that's a pretty good combination. So we're that's how I started actually. Oh my, no kidding! My start down the uh, down the popcorn and candy road started with peanut M and M's and popcorn, and then there I kind of graduated. I don't know if it's graduated, but you know, moved up to uh, Goobers or Reese's Pieces. So <laughs> that's kind of my go-to now. Nice. Now, do you have, uh, you know, we're we're heading into Thanksgiving season uh, down there, and and uh, we just left Halloween. Around the corner is going to be Christmas. I'm already doing planning, you know, Christmas treats for a Christmas episode. Uh, do you have any seasonal snacks that, uh, you know, th th this time of year that you stock up on that you really hate to pass up if you get the opportunity to grab them? Uh, seasonal snacks, I would say, you know, probably my seasonal snack would be embarrassingly uh the candy corn and peanuts <laughs> that's something that i can't i can't wait until uh you know halloween comes around so i can grab candy corn and throw it into a, a bowl of peanuts and uh and kind of move that direction of course there's all the other sweets the candy bars and the, right uh all of those goodies but that's one thing i kind of look forward to now and and actually my wife's uh my mother-in-law my wife's mother introduced me to that now i can't i can't stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's definitely uh you're, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a candy corn skeptic, I gotta say, but now you've, you've got me ex uh, interested in experimenting with peanuts. Maybe that'll uh, convert me, so I'll have to give that a try. Yeah, I think it's just like high fructose corn syrup. I don't <laughs> think there's anything to it. There's no real flavor. It's just syrup and or, or sugar and texture. But right. something about it, you know, mixed into the uh, mixed into the dry roasted peanuts. There, man, is, is top notch. All right. Do you have, uh, and maybe you've already answered this with your candy corn and peanuts, and that's fine, but do you have any odd combinations of treats that you like that, uh, you know, we might consider unusual? Oh, I can, I can actually, uh, I can turn you on to something pretty good that's right. a, uh, that's a, an extremely Southern thing. So, yeah. uh, and I've got a kind of a funny story to go with it. Uh, there's a thing in the South that I grew up eating and it is a peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise sandwich. Wow. How, do, how does that strike you? <laughs> well, two out of three sound really good. The third one, I'm not sure what it's doing there. T tell me more. So basically what you get is, you know, the traditional peanut butter and banana is also one of my favorite combos. Um, Classic. But the mayonnaise, when you put the mayonnaise on there, it adds a little bit of it somehow those those flavors combining together the mayonnaise gets a little sour and not in a bad way not in a like it has gone bad way yeah. but like it it kind of takes the edge off the sweetness and uh it, it's kind of a deep south classic that even a lot of people you know that a couple generations behind me they don't even know about it. it's kind of gone away so it was like my grandmother my mother and then probably my generation is kind of the last generation to uh to know about it hmm. and Funny story is, is, is my wife was in New York uh, a few months ago, and she she ended up going to, she was there for a bachelorette party, one of her friends. They ended up going to the, uh, I think it's the Kelly and Ryan show. It's Kelly Ripa and yeah. uh, Ryan or, or something. So she's in the audience, and 
they're doing a thing on a peanut butter, mayonnaise, and banana sandwich. And there's like, has anybody here ever had this sandwich? And of course, she's like the only one. She screams. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, wait, 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 where are you from? And so she tells them like, hey, I'm from Alabama. This is, this is a thing. And so they make them live on the air and eat the sandwich, which was which was pretty cool. So that's my cool little tie-in to that, like, super southern thing that somehow in New York City, they found out about it and did a little segment on it on their show, which was – and my wife was there to be included, so that was that was pretty cool. There you go. Did you uh, get a chance to see her on TV then? Uh, no, I didn't. I was actually uh, on tour at the time, and I think I was – I don't know where I was. I was somewhere in the country, so um, – it's pretty busy, you know, pretty crazy for me. So I, I actually missed it, but I need uh, to go back and watch it now that I'm now that I'm kind of settled back in for the winter. So right, right, that's very funny. So that that was her claim to fame, the, the one person in the audience who had had that combination. Well, exactly, and, and anytime you say it to anybody outside of the South, or especially like the deep, you know, like Southern Tennessee down to the Gulf Coast, over to Atlanta and Mississippi, like that's the area for it, you know. Yeah. I uh, once I had a peanut butter pickle and sriracha sandwich. That was really interesting. The pickles kind of brought a bit of sourness, the sriracha, the heat, and then of course the sweetness from the peanut butter. So I guess I, I'm not going to knock the peanut butter, banana, and mayo. I guess I'll, I'll have to try it. I'm going to have to try it and, and put yeah, it on just, the pod. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to know what uh, what somebody outside of the South thinks. You know, it, it's one of those things that I never. I wasn't huge on. I'm not going to say it's terrible, but something about that combination always kind of, you know, didn't quite sit well. Mm. But I have eaten more than my share of, you know, just peanut butter and banana sandwiches, of sure. course. But <laughs> but it's not terrible. I, I, it's one of those things that it's not bad at all. It's not near as bad as it sounds. Okay. I'll take your word for it. All right. <laughs> and uh, finally, if you were having a last meal, what snacks would be there? Oh, last meal snacks. Man, we've probably talked about, I would say, of course, Reese's Cups. Mm -hmm. uh, all dressed ruffles. <laughs> uh, Utz crab chips. Have you had those? I have not, no. Utz crab chips. Utz crab chips. It's basically, uh, you know, like a kettle style chip yeah. with uh, Old Bay and some other seasonings, MSG, salt, uh for the most part, it's just Old Bay and, and salt on a potato chip. Delicious. That sounds Hard awesome. Hard to find. Very delicious. Okay. Um, Golden Flake, you know, the Alabama brand, which is actually now owned by Utz. Okay. Um, uh, Utz bought Golden Flake, but they have a uh, probably the most amazing dill pickle chip I've ever had in my life. Uh, uh, Mexican Coat. Right. Yeah. Cashews. The stuff made you with know, the real sugar. Bars. Yeah, yeah. Um, hot Cheetos with lime. Mm -hmm. Flaming Hot Cheetos with lime or uh, Chili Lime Doritos. I don't know if you've had any of that. All very delicious. I think that would kind of round out my uh, my snack drawer for my last meal. That sounds pretty amazing across the board. Well, if you, uh, if you are inviting people to that, let me know because I wouldn't mind sharing some of those treats with you and... <laughs> You know, toasting with a nice spicy ginger beer. <laughs> nice. Nice. About Nestle's Coffee Crisp. So this bar originated in the United Kingdom in the 1930s as a chocolate bar named Roundtree's Wafer Crisp. If you listened a couple of episodes back, uh, Roundtree actually is the same company that developed Kit Kat. They, they invented that one. So these guys are, um, they are just chocolate geniuses. This was at a later yeah, point renamed Chocolate Crisp. The bar was later added to, oh sorry, the lit was later introduced to Canadians as Biscrisp. In 1938, a coffee variation, Coffee Crisp, was added to the line of flavored Biscrisps, which included fruit flavors at the time. In 1988, Nestle acquired Round Trees, including its Canadian operation, and the Toronto Chocolate Factory where the bar is produced. As of 2014, the product is marketed by Nestle Canada. Canadian expats have long lamented the bar's relative unavailability outside of Canada. Coffee Crisp is available in Australia at some specialized shops, and unofficial exports of coffee, coffee Crisp treats originally labeled for the Canadian market to the U.S. have also taken place, particularly in shops near the U.S.-Canada border. 
there was a petition at coffeecrisp.org asking Nestle to market Coffee Crisp in all U.S. cities. According to the site, the petition succeeded, and Nestle began marketing the Coffee Crisp nationwide in late July 2006. In April 2009, the marketing of the Coffee Crisp bar into the U.S. was discontinued. I guess it wasn't that popular. Other variations, such as Coffee Crisp Cafe Caramel and Coffee Crisp Orange, have come and gone, but the only constant flavor has been the original and one with 70% dark chocolate in place of the usual milk chocolate. As well, Nestle sells a Coffee Crisp ice cream bar and an ice cream flavor. So that's the uh, story on Nestle's Coffee Crisp. I tell you what, I believe I have a new favorite candy bar. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, I've I've been turned on to something today that is uh that will forever be in my repertoire. Now it's uh man, I knew you know I'm big on espresso. I, I drink a ton of espresso, a ton of coffee. I'm kind of a, a coffee hipster when it comes to uh you know any and all things to do with coffee and coffee beans and chocolate covered espresso beans and right. I love it so. You know, when I opened the package up, of, of course, I gave it a sniff mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, espresso, mm-hmm. espresso, and chocolate and coffee and and rich kind of you know those dark good notes of of all of those things. Um, so I knew I was kind of in for a treat. It, it it's like all of my favorite things, and the only thing I hoped for was like a wafery inside, like a Kit Kat. Yeah, and of course I got it. You know, those that are familiar with Coffee Crisp know that yes that's a that's part of it you know it's uh maybe a little less chocolatey than kit kat Mm -hmm. but i think the quality is the quality of the chocolate and the actual ratio of chocolate to cookie is a lot better in the coffee crisp it's light it's not just super you know overabundance of chocolate in your mouth on your taste buds um you know, when you first bite into it, I got sugar right off the bat, the sweet. Mm-hmm. Then I got like a decent quality cocoa taste. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like a cheap, you know, Hershey style, American style chocolate, like actually a decent cocoa flavor. Right. Um, at the same time, I'm still smelling coffee. You know, I've got <laughs> coffee in my nose. Uh, very pleasant, light, not super sweet. Maybe a touch of salt in there, mm. if I had to guess. Uh, so there is a little bit of saltiness. But perfect. Uh, the texture was, of course, a bit like a Kit Kat. And uh, do you know about Whoppers? They're like the round, kind yeah. of malted chocolate balls. So, so maybe like a mixture of a Kit Kat and a Whopper. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, perf- like I said, perfect amount of, of cookie versus chocolate. Uh, overall, I think it's my, my new favorite candy bar. Uh who knows what kind of chemical process it takes to get that like perfect texture on that cookie inside, but I don't care. Like that's, that's my new jam. Coffee crisp will forever live in my house. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we found a a real winner here today for you. Um, I, (laughs) you know, so you're describing it as, you know, kind of similar to a Kit Kat, but the the ratios are slightly different. And for those who haven't seen it, um, I'd say it's probably, would you say it's, it's about three quarters of an inch thick? Yeah, I would say that's pretty yeah. uh, pretty accurate. So so different than a Kit Kat, which you know, as as you well know, is is quite thin. It's more like a quarter of an inch thick. So I wonder if that's the you know one of the differences in, in terms of the ratio is you've got that much more wafer to fill that bar up with. Um, but uh, like you, you know, I opened it and I was it was like I was smelling chocolate covered espresso beans, um, and and good chocolate. I agree with you there. Uh, the wrapper, I don't know if. You know, the one you got looks the same as mine, but it says 100% sustainably sourced cocoa on it. So they're obviously using a, a decent quality uh, chocolate. They're not, uh, you know, using some kind of cheap, uh, you know, palm oil derived uh, substitute or something like that. Um, very crispy. Um, there was chocolate up front. Uh, it was kind of like a, a Kit Kat sprinkled with coffee grounds is, is my response to it. Yes. Um, and then it has Correct. just this lovely kind of cafe mocha uh, flavor going on where you're getting the, the a little bit of creaminess, a little bit of bitterness, but not an unpleasant amount, and then the sweetness of the um, of the chocolate. Uh, it's just uh, firing on all cylinders. It's been a while since I've had one of these, and yeah, they are quite good. Man, great, delicious. I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was called Coffee Crisp, so I had high hopes. And <laughs> you know, I think for a for a um, kind of a non artisan 
you know, a very common snack. Right. They nailed it. It's perfect, you know. Well, you heard it here, folks. The Nestle Coffee Crisp, if you can track that down, then um, definitely give it a try. All right. Well, thank you we for to, those. We definitely need an import into the U.S. for that. Uh, yeah, that's something I, I believe here that would be huge. Well, it's surprising to me that they, they imported it for a while and then they discontinued it. So I don't know. I'm not sure if maybe it was just timing or, or what it was or people just didn't recognize it and they tend to go with what they know. But, I mean, you'd think with a name like Coffee Crisp that you people would be all over it. Coffee's a pretty popular beverage. but um, Yes, very much so. For whatever reason, it didn't. Uh, that didn't happen. So next time you're in Canada, you'll have to load up. Amazon. That, you know, I had to overpay for them, of course. But, you know, I ordered a pack of six or four or six, I believe. So I've got enough to last me a little while until I can kind of – uh, you know, get my fix again. Right. Perfect. Well, that, uh, thank you for that, Keith. And, and I appreciate all your thoughts and your comments. That was really fun. Uh, now it's time for a new segment. I like to call brand versus brand. This one, this is when we take two products of kind of similar makeup and, uh, we compare them kind of the Pepsi versus Coke kind of thing. Um, I wanted to stay with our Canadian theme. So the product that I'm going with is called Hawkins Cheesies, which is kind of the Canadian version of uh, what you've already mentioned earlier this evening, the Cheeto. And um, wanted to get your thoughts on that. So what do you think of the Hawkins Cheesy versus the Cheeto that you're so familiar with? Uh, you know, to me, the, I was a little turned off in the beginning. I opened the pack. Mm. I smelled them. Mm-hmm. And it's it smelled a bit like maybe burning plastic and fish food or something. I don't know. It had a, a very weird, uh, not appetizing aroma. Okay. You know, I'm not saying when you open a bag of Cheetos, it smells delicious, but it smells like, you know, cheese powder and, yeah. and garlicky or something. You know, it smells, it's not bad. Uh, with the Hawkins Cheesies, I was a little turned off in the beginning. Um you know, I gave them a, a few good sniffs and thought about it for a minute, and I was like, all right, this is plastic and fish food maybe, but, you know, it's cheese. It says it's made with real cheese, so let's give it a try. Right. Um, you know, the, the taste was, was crunchy, uh, corny. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately the, the texture was uh, crunchy. The taste was kind of corny, salty, uh, not as, like, overly cheesy like Cheetos are, mm-hmm. Uh but not bad, you know. It was it was a good mix. It was a little bit more like a uh, like a mixture of a Cheeto and a corn chip. If Interesting. That makes sense. You know, it's uh, uh, probably probably even more salty than cheesy. Interesting. Okay. Um, not not bad. I mean, I, I liked them very much. So it was uh, not quite as a hard crunch texture wise, you know, as Cheetos. Yeah. But a different crunch, like almost like. Uh, if you could make corn chips into a ball or, you know, a little <laughs> thicker, uh, a very thick corn chip. Yeah, that's um, interesting. The, the, the best way I could describe it was a mixture of Cheetos, cheese poofs, and corn chips. Right, right. And it's kind of like, kind of like all three of those things kind of melded together, which is not terrible. It, you know, for junk, as far as junk food goes, it's delicious. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as sweet as Cheetos. Mm. Um Cheetos, when you bite into them, they crunch more into like a uh, a large powdery texture, mm-hmm. and these kind of crunch like a like a corn chip. Right. So you know, overall, nice and salty. Um, I tell you this, I couldn't stop eating them. You know, I didn't stop. I, I, I got like a a large bag that had a few smaller bags in it, and so I just finished off the whole little small bag there. But I would eat a few, do a little work. Eat a few. I just kept going back to them until the bag was empty. So, um, I don't think I could ever replace Cheetos with Hawkins Cheesies, especially if we're taking into account uh, flaming hot Cheetos or something like that. But I would definitely add it into the junk food rotation. Okay. Okay. So it's not going to dethrone Cheetos. It sounds like you're you're giving it a a silver medal, not a gold, but it it had a good show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you it know, was, it's interesting. You know, far from terrible. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. I um, I had these a long time ago, so I didn't even remember them. And, and I'm a, a Cheetos fan, particularly Flaming Hot Cheetos. Um, and I uh, opened them up and, and, you know, gave them the smell. And um, I got kind of a, a little bit of a funkiness, like a, 
definitely I smelled the corn chip, you know, aroma you're talking about. And then it was kind of reminded yeah. me of like how Parmesan cheese, this is going to sound funny for a food that we're both saying we, we thought was pretty good. It almost has kind of like a, like a, a smelly sock or like a foot aroma. You know what I mean? Like that kind of funk. Yeah. And maybe that's what you're talking about. Yeah, like Parmesan food. has. Yeah. yeah. So I got that, even though on the ingredients, I'm not seeing, uh, I mean, there's aged cheddar cheese. I'm not seeing anything about Parmesan or anything like that. So I'm not sure where that's coming from. Maybe it's the, the aged cheddar part of it. Um, very crunchy. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, a little more dense and a little more substantial than a Cheeto. So it's a, it's not, you wouldn't mistake one for the other. It's definitely different. Exactly. Um, and I like uh, your, your comment of it being like a Cheeto combined with a corn chip, uh, definitely like in, in a shape of a Cheeto, although mine had a really kind of oddball shape. They kind of come in very different shapes. I think Cheetos are maybe a little more uniform. Um, definitely picked up a lot of salt off of it. And um, I, I jotted down because I was trying these things kind of all around the same time. I took a swig of the the uh, Canada Dry. Goes pretty good with ginger ale. <laughs> the salt from the Cheeto and you know the the sharpness of the cheddar. It uh, kind of goes nice with a with a sweet uh, carbonated beverage. So if you haven't tried them like that, uh, maybe worth trying. Um, Actually, I was eating the uh, cheesies, and that's what I was sitting here with my Canada Dry on the desk. And as I was eating the cheesies, I was like, "Man, that sounds amazing." Cracked open the Canada Dry and was just kind of alternating between the cheesies and the ginger ale. There you go. I think we could also call this theme uh, the the theme of this show salty and sweet. It seems like the thing we keep coming exactly. back to. Um, <laughs> Very much so. Have you ever had those popcorn kernels that are like partially popped? Not not like, like they sell them partially popped. I don't believe so. So, you know, sometimes you'll pop a bag of microwave popcorn and you get those kernels that are kind of half popped. So they're not hard, but they're not fully popped and they're like really crunchy. Yeah, yeah. This reminded me a little bit of those. And you can actually buy them. You can buy a bag just full of those half pop kernels. They actually sell them like that now. Um, so, uh, yeah, some people really like them because it's like you're getting the, the flavor of popcorn, but that extra bit of crunch and... And it just tastes a little different than popcorn by itself. And for some reason, I was thinking of that when I was crunching down on these, just because they have that that really kind of substantial bite to them. They don't just dissolve in your mouth like uh, you know, like exactly. a Cheeto would. Um, that said, I, I have to agree with you. I don't think I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't turn these down if they were at a party, and you know, if I saw them and they were on sale or something, I'd pick them up. But particularly with Cheetos having the different variations, the jalapeno and the flaming hot. Um, I don't think I would, uh, this one doesn't dethrone Cheetos for me, but, uh, pretty good showing overall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe it's in, uh, and I don't know the history, uh, on Hawkins cheesy, so I don't know if, how far they go back, but it almost seems like a brand of, of kind of a couple generations ago or, or something like that, um, where Cheetos just came out and kind of did what they were doing but maybe better right but even the you know the graphic design and everything on the bags looked a little bit like an older brand like retro which i love i love nostalgia yeah. i love you know kind of that feeling you get from eating a moon pie or thing you know something old school yeah um so i don't hate it but i definitely feel like it's it's an older brand maybe that <clears throat> that maybe cheetos just one up them on maybe gotcha gotcha yeah i'll have to do uh that's the one i didn't look up the information on i'll have to go look at the the history of Hawkins and find out what's going on there. Um, so that uh, brings us to the the time that we've all been waiting for. Let's get some star ratings on these bad boys. So uh, a reminder again for those of you listening, we're talking about Canada Dry Ginger Ale, Ruffles All Dressed Chips, and then Nestle Coffee Crisp Candy Bar. Uh, between one and three stars, one wouldn't pick it up again. Two, I definitely seek it out again. And three is just like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's it's now in my regular rotation. So uh, how do you give those star ratings, Keith? Oh, I would think definitely the Coffee Crisp and the All Dress Ruffles get get three stars. They're uh, they're addicting. Yeah. Uh, Hawkins Cheesies. I would maybe go with two. I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, I would probably even pick it up if I saw a small bag in a store and I was looking for a little snack. Yeah. Uh, the the Canada Dry Ginger Ale. I hate to say one star because it's not terrible. Mm. But I think it's something that I'm just indifferent on. I, you know, if I could never get another Canada Dry, I don't think I would be upset. Right, right. Um, but I, but I would definitely drink it. You know, I've had, I've had plenty of hangovers where Canada Dry saved my life until I discovered Pedialyte. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's not terrible. It's just I'm very indifferent on it. On, I'm not going to keep it in the refrigerator. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think we've been uh, not only the, the year we were born, but our tastes seem to converge a lot on this episode. So uh, much like you, I'm probably going to say, uh, you know, like a one star for the Canada Dry. It's not terrible, but I'm not going to go out of my way to pick it up. If I'm going to, you know, have the calories with with a, a sugary beverage, I'm going to pick one that I enjoy a little bit more. Although if I was at a bar exactly. and, you know, they were serving drinks and, and uh, you know, it was a, an open bar at a wedding or something and I asked for a rye and ginger and they had Canada Dry, I certainly wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't turn it away. Um, the Ruffles All Dressed, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I definitely, it's a, an excellent chip. I'd say uh, probably a two and a half for me on the Ruffles All Dressed. Um, really, really good, really solid. And the Coffee Crisp, I'm going to give a, a three stars as well. I think that's just a, a really nicely done candy bar and definitely worth uh, picking up if you uh, have the opportunity to. So uh, that brings us to our junk mail segment. As a reminder, we are at junkfoodiespod at gmail.com. If you want to send us a message on Twitter, we're at junkfoodiespod. And our mail this week is from Frankie underscore Inferno. Um, sounds kind of frightening, uh, who asks, Hey, junk foodies, I'm wondering where you stand on putting pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? So Frankie Inferno doesn't answer the question himself. Uh, not sure what he thinks. Uh, what do you say, Keith? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I say definitely yes. And, <laughs> How and I, I catch a lot of heat that? for this. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I defend pineapple on pizza a lot. I, I'm one for tradition. I'm one for going to uh, New York City and eating great traditional pizza. But I'm also, you know, a lot of times this is what you'll find is you'll find people who who talk about how uh, sacrilegious pineapple on pizza are, but they'll eat a pizza that has arugula on it, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of the same you know, my thing is, is I don't care what you put on it if it's delicious. Right. Uh, so pineapple on pizza is a definite yes. You know, if you've got uh, pork products on there, some ham and bacon, even better. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's just that perfect, sweet, salty, greasy, fatty, you know, just bomb of deliciousness and and i think that's a definite yes what say you uh, you know once again man we were on the same page i i love the the sweet and the savory the the porky and the and the cheesy and the tomato sauce and the sweetness the pineapple brings so i've always been a defender of it i i don't uh i'm not a big one of telling people what the right way to eat food is you know the right or wrong way there seems to be a lot of people online that you know this is wrong you shouldn't do it this way and i'm like you as long as you like the taste of it who cares um, I will say I've learned recently a recipe that really upped the game on pineapple on pizza, which I'm a big fan of, but I tried it this way, and this kind of just added another level to it, which was before they put the pineapple on the pizza, they um, you saute it in a little bit of bacon fat and red chili flakes, so it kind of uh, caramelizes the pineapple a little bit, chars it. Um, it. The sweetness is still there, but it adds a complexity to it, and then uh, with that, that bacon fat in there, uh, a little bit of saltiness along with the pineapple. It's just, it brings it up another level. So if you ever make your own pizza, uh, give that a try, Keith. And, and Frankie Inferno or Frankie's Inferno, uh, if you're a pineapple on pizza fan, or if you're not, maybe try it that way and that might change your mind on it. Because, man, I, I tried it that way and it was like my eyes were open to something new. That, that sounds amazing. And that's, you know, I own a chain of food trucks called I Love Bacon. So anything that gets cooked in bacon fat or wrapped in bacon or bacon <laughs> on top of it i'm you know that's just that's kind of what we do we do everything in bacon fat so uh pineapple and bacon fat with red chili flakes sounds great yeah well that's probably as good a time of any to, to segue um do you have anything you want to promote keith you, you've been talking about the food truck uh stuff that you do do you do you want to tell people who are listening to this uh where they can find you online and, and anything else you want to promote Oh, sure. Of course. Uh, we, you can find us, uh, on all social media. I love bacon truck. Of course, we're Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, any of that stuff We're we're on and very active. Uh, we do have our online of bacon coming out soon. Mm. Uh, we're, we're finalizing recipes and things for that now. And we're going to do a, a fairly small batch. Uh, it's going to be all heritage, heritage hogs, um, dry cured not water cured like commercial bacon to where you're basically they're charging you by the pound and you're paying for water mm. we do all old school dry curing smoking uh you know great stuff so we're going to be doing those and uh you'll be able to order from the website i love bacon truck.com uh just as a you know a one-time order or we're going to do subscriptions as well so if you want to get uh you know 
two, four, six pounds a month, you know, once a month, whatever, we're mm. just going to start shipping those out automatically on subscription. So that's, that's really our big things we've got going on now that, and, uh, you know, we'll be franchising the, uh, I love bacon trucks coming up, uh, 2020. Cool. So that should be available if anybody's looking for a nice, uh, business venture or franchise or something that, uh, we have worked out a, a beautiful system for, uh, that will be available first of the year. So, uh, that's kind of all I all I've got there. You know, I just if nothing else, follow us on Instagram and and see some pictures of some nice uh, porky goodness. All right, well check those guys out. Uh, that sounds amazing. I'm definitely gonna uh, check you out myself and make sure I'm following you uh, across the board. And if I'm ever down there, down south, I'll definitely stop by the food truck and give it a try. Well, Keith, uh, this was a, a ton of fun. I appreciate all the back and forth. I knew you were traveling and you were out on the West Coast and then, you know, back home and you did kind of dropped everything and did this on really short notice. So I appreciate your patience with it. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking to you and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, of course, man. Everything was great. Thank you for having me. And, and this has been a blast. Any chance I get to talk about junk food or, or uh, fattening things, you know, <laughs> I light up like a Christmas tree. So it's been great. Thank you. Perfect. I'll keep you on the Rolodex. Thank you guys for listening. And as a wise man once said, do everything in moderation, including moderation. Cheers. We'll catch you next time.